Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. All right, we are previewing the NFC East. We're starting off with this. We'll be going through all the divisions in the NFL, previewing from a fantasy football perspective what players we like. What players we don't, the key additions, departures, how that's going to impact offense, defense, all of that good stuff. And obviously with the emphasis on fantasy football page, Jake and Jamie back guys, first and foremost, how we feeling Uh, talking about football feels good. I know it's not here, but it's pretty, it's, it'll be here before we know it. It's time to start talking about it anyway. Yeah, exactly. Right. Absolutely. It is. Yeah. We, uh, we know it's, it's approaching July, which is the deadest season of sports where you have You have free agency going on in NBA, but it is high time for fantasy football. It is a good time to start preparing yourself for what will be a very, very good draft season. season is almost upon us. Yes, better start preparing now. Correct, correct. So let's let's kick things off with the Dallas Cowboys. Why not? Um, Why not? Why Why not? not? Why not start off with the Dallas Cowboys? Self-proclaimed America's team. Yeah, it is self-proclaimed. Let's start with this number to know. Okay, the number to know is fifty-one point eight percent. The Cowboys scored touchdowns on 51.8% of their red zone possessions, good for the seventh worst in the NFL last season. That means they changed play callers. That means Kellen Moore is in this year. The same kind of scheme, but will implement different versatility, get to try and improve their red zone numbers. Let's see if it impacts the fantasy part of what we're talking about. Uh, Let's start off with Dak Prescott. Uh, QB 14 last year uh, in the rankings that I have in front of me. And the biggest part of this offense we know we'll get to, and that's Ezekiel Elliott. But let's start off with Dak Prescott. Yeah, he's a quarterback that I think has been undervalued in fantasy the last couple years. Uh, I mean, he finished last season as the uh, QB 11 in terms of points per game. Uh, He's somebody that isn't a sexy pick, is probably not somebody that you're going to draft in a one QB league as anything more than a bench option, but he's my QB 17 going into the season. I have him just below Mitch Trubisky and just above Tom Brady. Um, I think for this point that he is, his floor is There's higher. a nugget for you. Sorry, yeah. I can't let that one just yeah. go. <laughs> yeah, we'll I'm, get to that one I'm, in a little while. I have him above Tom Brady this year. Uh, but the reality is, is QB like eight through 20 is very, very close. I think there's a very clear top five at the quarterback position. The middle class is kind of, do you want to take a risk and overpay? And then everybody's kind of in that same spot. But but Dak Prescott's been a lot uh, a lot better fantasy player than I think people have realized. And because he's got the rushing upside and he's getting, he scores a handful of touchdowns on the ground every single year. Yeah, props to you because I do recall last year you telling people Dak Prescott was one of those quarterbacks that you could probably get a couple games in this season, pick him up off of waivers or, or not even draft him and have him be your guy and end up, listen, QB 11? That's good enough to, to put Points you in position. Points per game, absolutely. That's good enough. Jake, where, what do you like I about think that? He, I probably will have him ranked 14-15. I think he finishes closer to 10 or 11. I think with Kellen Moore, they're going to run some more read option stuff. There's going to be more misdirection. I think he's maybe going to run it a little bit. Not run it to get hit. This isn't going to be Baltimore yeah. with <laughs> Lamar Jackson. But Cooper made a huge difference when Amari Cooper came in last year. I think Randall Cobb is going to be an upgrade from Cole Beasley. I know that's sacrilegious to talk about for Cowboys fans, but he's a better player. Even though he's late in his career, he's more 
he's more versatile. He can do more. more he can do more stuff. He, he can, if he stays healthy, he's definitely more dynamic after the catch. Uh, offensive line coming back, center coming back. I think the offensive line is going to be far superior than it was last year. It'll be closer to two years ago. And I think Zeke's going to have a monster year. So I think all of that really helps Dak. And I think he's just going to be another sneaky, solid play. I think this is going to be weird to say. I think the Cowboys, and I guess especially for me, because I was railing against them early last year, I think they might be underrated this year. Oh, boy. You know, you, you is get, that possible? You, you have Randall Cobb. <laughs> but they are in Vegas. We'll talk about that at some point here. But I agree with you. you. I, I think Cobb, they're going to be pretty solid. Second year of Michael Gallup. Now you have Amari Cooper, who is way more comfortable in the offense. He had the ground running, but now he's got a whole offseason with that offense. I don't think he's got a ton left, but Jason Witten is going to be a great safety blanket yeah. for Dak Prescott. He's going to catch 65 balls. I, to me, I like I look at that team as a whole, and I think there's a lot of fantasy upside. Not only that, but it's it's one of those things you look across the division, and we'll get to the rest of the division, but I don't have a lot of faith in the rest of this division. Washington's, eh, New York, eh, I'm, I'm not really sure what we can expect from across this division where – before you were looking at a lot of these teams, I think two years ago you're looking at Philadelphia and how strong they were, and and you were looking at that was Super Bowl conversation surrounding the New York Giants, and now look at where they are. Well, yeah, it's it's changed dramatically, that is for sure. But let's talk about Ezekiel Elliott because obviously please. he is the focal point from a fantasy perspective on this football. Yeah, team. so he, he's my number two player overall, my number two running back. However, I could be talked into taking him as the number one overall player. I think he is the safest fantasy football player in the draft this year. Last four years, he finished, or last three years, finished third, third, and eighth in points per game uh, among running backs. To me, it's like he is in the safest situation. That offenses should be good, the team should be good. Uh, we'll talk about Saquon a little bit. There's not a lot of holes to poke in Saquon Barkley, but there are a lot of holes to poke in the team around him. And that could be a problem. To me, he's clearly the number two pick. He's going top two in every draft. Don't overthink this. He is a workhorse. I believe I heard a stat that since he's come into the league, he has been a top 24, so an RB2 or better, in 92% of fantasy weeks. 92% of fantasy weeks he has finished as at least an RB2, the safest player in the draft. Look, I just said it. I think they're going to have more misdirection. The offensive line is going to be better. He plays through injuries. He gets beat up. He gets a lot of carries. He gets a lot of sneaky catches. People don't realize how many balls he yeah, catches. Yeah, he caught like 70-something passes last year. But he's in there every single week. Yeah. And the better they are, the more he's going to be in there. If they're in contention, he's going to play. Yeah, I agree with Jamie. I got him top two, three overall. I don't overthink it. I kind of did last year, and he proved it to me that he's going to be in there. He's going to get the carries. I think the offensive line is better. I think the play calling is a little bit more creative, but it all still goes through him. All right, so the uh, resurgence of Amari Cooper, the craziness that was after he, he – he went from being one of the biggest disappointments to, oh, my God, Amari Cooper, I wish I had him on my football team still. And it was up and down. It was down. a little fake, though. It was a monster early and then a dud and then a monster and then a dud. Yeah. It wasn't a consistent seven for 90. So that's why – that brings me to my point. How do you evaluate him now? Because he's kind of had – you know, and I know Jamie's been anti Amari for a little while, as a lot of people in the fantasy community have been, because he has a lot of talent, but we've never really seen it for a long period of time. He's so, sporadic. Like yes. to me, I look at him as I have him in my wide receiver fifteen right now, but okay. I think that's kind of his peak. I don't see him finishing in the top ten. I don't think they're going to throw it enough. It all still yeah. goes through Zeke, and Witten is going to take catches away from Amari Cooper. 
And again, even with the, again, he only had a half season in Dallas, but even with that, he only, he finished outside the top 20 receivers in, in points per game. There is some upside here. Like I said, as a wide receiver too, he could be a high end wide receiver too, but it's just not somebody I'm willing to overpay for. And right now, early in drafts, I have missed my number 32 player overall. His ADP is 31.7. People are taking him in the third round, but like I said, there are. High. I wouldn't know why I'd touch him. In there the are a lot of receivers I, I would take over him. I, I might want him on my team, but I can see a lot of heartbreak every three weeks when you're, if he's your wide receiver too, you're going, oh, come on, I need Amari to have a big week. And he might have a huge week and he might throw a dud. Yeah. And I think that's going to be kind of his MO while he's in, in Dallas. I mean, everything's going to go through Zeke. I really think Witten's going to be in that 65, 70 catch range, even though they might all be for three yards and a first down. <laughs> they were the worst team in the NFL last year in third and four. That's why he's back. Yeah. No, absolutely. he's going to be that guy. I think Randall Cobb actually, if he stays healthy, is going to take away from Amari. Now there's going to be some big plays, he's but back, he's back for a variety of reasons. Also, because he's absolutely terrible. Yeah, yeah I, mean, I think football. he's going to be maybe probably a guy you want, but he's hit or miss. And I don't think it's going to be matchup dependent. I think it's just going to be what's available during that game. I, I don't think that to me that's a really hard one where you take some speed guys that are going to go down the field. Sean Jackson, right? If yeah. you had him last year, he was matchup dependent. You put him in, he's probably going to have a two for. He might have three for 120 and a touchdown, but he's not against certain teams, right? This is going to be really hard to be able to, from my point of view, you guys look at the analytics, yeah. I look at the matchups. It's going to be a really hard one to play every week. If you take him in the third or fourth round, you're going to play him every yeah, he, week. He's going to the third round. I, I, think you're, I think you're going to have to live and die with, with what that is. And, and I got another receiver there that you could take toward the end of the draft there. It's Michael Gallup. Again, when you're in that range where you're trying to take, you know, you're just trying to take. He's the big play guy. That, yeah, he's yes. that Deshaun Jackson. I was just talking about. He's going to have it. They're going to take a couple shots. Yes, and he started to come on late last season. You know, maybe gets a shot there. Right now, again, he's going in round fifteen. Yeah. I mean, if you're taking him, as yeah, a I'd love, I'd love to bench, take him there. Yeah. Absolutely. How about Randall Cobb? You guys think he's going to be overvalued because we've seen that happen in Green Bay with a much better quarterback who throws the ball a lot more than Dak Prescott. Uh, so I want to see what happens when the average Joe starts drafting. Because right now when you're working off ADPs, anybody that's drafting and it's June, yeah. these are the hardcore people. These are people that are playing in money leagues. He's not going. He's undrafted yeah. right now in those leagues. But I want to see once everybody kind of gets into the pool, once we get into July and August, I want to see where he goes. For me, I, I don't have him in my top 200 um, overall players. I just don't – it's somebody that I think would be a waiver wire pickup if you see the game script in the first couple of weeks and see he's used a lot. I just don't think there's a lot of opportunity in this Dallas passing offense. If, if Cooper is going to be successful and Zeke's going to catch 70 balls and Michael Gallup's going to catch 50, like Jason Witten's back, he's going to catch – I mean, Jake has him catching more than I do, but he's still going to catch a bunch of balls – there are only so many footballs that can go around in a given season, so somebody has Especially to underperform. Especially when Zeke's there. getting thirty carries, yeah, somebody 30 has touches, to. Yeah. Somebody has to underperform there. I think uh, when the average fan starts drafting, name recognition yeah. when you get into rounds nice. nine, ten, eleven, twelve, he's going to start going. But I agree with Jamie. I, I think you wait that one out if he's on the waiver wire and you need somebody in a certain week, get some injuries. And the other thing with Kellen Moore, I think you're going to see them spread it out a little bit more. They're going to run it, and Jason Witten's going to be in the game. But I think you're going to see Randall Cobb come in motion and then step back for a little fake bubble screen handed to Zeke out of the shotgun more than Zeke being, you know, traditionally behind Dak 70 yards down. So I think you're going to see some of that. Some of those he's actually going to throw to him. So he might get some of those Jarvis Landry. I mean, the way they kind of used Tavon Austin for a half second there. Yeah. Like, I mean, maybe that's – which, again, has some value. But I don't think you're in a standard league. You're not drafting. Oh, when I say standard league, I'm talking 10 or 12 team, half yes. EPR. That's what the standard is now. You're not. He's just not draftable to me. I just. I. I, I, mean, I, I agree. I think we, I we spent too much time, time talking about it. Yeah. yeah. Is is Jason Witten draftable? 
not for me, but he's my tight end 24. But once you get outside of the top like three, uh, I mean, good luck. I think he is. Uh, I, I mean, 65-70 might be a stretch, but he's not coming back to not be the same guy. And he was still really freaking productive two years ago, and the tight end class is still really thin. You're, yeah. you're, you're banking on a bunch of young guys that haven't done it yet. I'm going to go with a guy that's pretty solid. Maybe he's the second one you take late, but I think he's definitely drafted. Yeah, I mean, I mean, to me, he's, he's a guy you wait and see, pick up off the waiver wire. I mean, even even two years ago, he was no, he didn't finish in the top ten among tight ends. I'll put it just not, game, a, but, not a half point PPR, in a full yeah. point PPR. Yes, he's draftable because yeah. he, he might have four or five catches. Every catches, game. right? But they might be for twenty two yards. Yes. And I don't think there's going to be a lot of touchdowns. So no. that that part. No, he's more than likely not going to be the red zone target that he was a few years back. I, I, he's a guy that I, I could see playing on a bye week. I just don't see – I don't yeah. see any need that you need to actually draft him. How about from defense, special teams, when you look at this team and what, they're, what they've got going going into this year, is that a defense that you would feel comfortable starting in a, in a standard league? Yes and no, and here's why. They have the easiest first three-week schedule of any team in the NFL. I believe it's like it's like Washington, New York, and I've got the other two, Miami. Yeah. So a, not in that order, but those are the three teams. Cupcake City. So if if you if you to me, I'm waiting on defense because yes, there's going to be an overwhelming number one defense again. You just never know who it's going to be. Uh, you know, last year it was the Bears. Other years it's been like the Rams or, or Jacksonville. But usually outside the top one, like two through ten, are within like three or four points. So you basically at that point play the matchups. So if you want to take Dallas towards the end of your drafts, I mean they're going round sixteen right now. And say I'm just going to play in the first three weeks, but they do have an actual tough schedule after the first three weeks. So that might be one I play in the season early, and then hit hit on the waiver wire and start playing the matchups beginning week four. I think they're a top twelve defense in the year, maybe top ten. They're the best linebacking core maybe in football if Sean Lee actually stays healthy. Um, super solid. They're going to rush the passer. I think they're going to get some turnovers. Secondary is probably still a little bit weak, but yeah, I think it's a late draft kind of thing, and I think you're probably going to get some value if you can get them in the sixteenth round. 15, 16, something yeah. like that, and you haven't taken a defense, or you took one really high, and like Jamie said, play them early and then match up, you know, match up city. But I think they're going to be really solid across the board for the entire year. They're going to be really tough to play, especially Final. if they run it that much on offense. That defense yeah. isn't going to be out there. That much. I have them as my 16th defense overall. Okay. Final thoughts on the Dallas Cowboys? Uh, I, I, be cautious about how much you're going to predict them to pass. I think Dak Prescott's going to be a average level fantasy starting quarterback there. Uh, so I'm in QB 17. I think Ezekiel Elliott, if you can make an argument to me, that's the biggest thing. If, if you want to be safe, if you're playing in a big money league and you're like, I just need to make the safest pick humanly possible, you take Ezekiel Elliott at the top of the draft. I'm not sure I have the balls to do that yet over Saquon, but I, to me – I could be talked into it. I, I, I absolutely could be talked into it. I'm not taking him over Saquon, but I've got him 10-6, and six, potential 11-5. and five. Really solid. I think they could make a run, but they got to stay healthy and they got to figure out their identity of exactly what they want to do. But if it goes through Zeke and that defense can stop the run, they're definitely better than they were last year. I'm not going to, I'm 13 and three, like a lot of people I keep seeing crazy. They're running off of the division. I still think Philadelphia is a little bit better, but I think they could get in the playoffs at 10 and six and if, maybe sneak into 11 and five. If it's the three and oh Dallas Cowboys going into week four, the hype train is going to be. Through it's still room. a really young team too, so yeah. if they are three and zero, that can take you a long way, man. That that false sense of confidence, especially when you have yeah the hype train of Dallas and you're three and zero, and the expectations were there, and then because it couldn't set up any better for them, right? Yeah. Now they go into Washington, get smacked in the mouth, and lose. The sky will have fallen, but yeah, I think they're going to be pretty solid. All right, we're going to talk about the New York Giants. Um, unfortunately, there's. They Not suck. that much to talk about because they traded away what was their biggest fantasy football piece aside from Saquon Barkley. 
um, this offseason and Odell Beckham Jr. So what could have been a, a, a one-two punch with those two guys is obviously not going to be there. Um, but there are pieces to like in New York, one of them not being Eli Manning. So no, feel free to let's get this over where, quickly. Yeah, uh, let's just get it over with because nobody's drafting him. Uh, QB, 20, QB 28, uh, if you're in a super flex or two QB league, that's the only reason you should be on your roster. Uh, not in my top 200. All the last three years, he's finished 25th, 26th, and 24th in fantasy points per game among quarterbacks. Uh, just move on in single quarterback leagues. He should be on your waiver wire pretty much all season. Yeah, there's some stuff to like here. Uh, the Giants were actually better without OBJ. Yeah. As crazy as that sounds. They don't force the ball. They take what's given, what's drawn up. Uh, there's some guys here you're going to like, but it all starts everything. This is more than Zeke with the Cowboys. Everything is Saquon. Yeah. Every play is designed. They're going to run it. They're going to throw it to him. Number one guy in fantasy, period. I'm not even going to talk about Eli or how bad their draft was. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, there's a lot to talk about from a football perspective, but that's about it um, with them. Let's, I want to get into this number to know here just from last season, so we keep these in mind. The number to know, 25.5. That's how many points the Giants averaged during the final four games of the season with Beckham injured. That average would be good for the 10th in the NFL in points per game in 2018. It also included the Giants being shut out in Week 15 in a 17 nothing loss to the Titans. So interesting numbers as I looked like from trends towards the end of the season. So more to your point, they were 10th overall in scoring without Odell Beckham Jr. And that included a shutout loss. That yeah, Ingram came had. back, was healthy. The defense had a hodgepodge of players. Most third four yes. guys playing starting on the weekends on Sundays that didn't even play in 2017. So I think the defense is going to be a little better. I think if they really focus on just going through Saquon and then taking what's given to them, they're going to be solid. They're, they're rebuilding this team. They're not that good, but they're going to be they're going to be okay. Now yeah. they get down, or that defense plays bad, or they get a bunch of injuries yeah. again. It could get ugly. So let's talk about what we like here. We obviously all like Saquon Barkley. Yes. Um, I'll let you. He, he's one. He's one one. I mean, he's yeah. the guy you're taking first overall in the draft, as you should. Um, again, I'm only playing devil's advocate because I don't think it's helpful to say Saquon's good. That doesn't help anybody. You know no. that he's average, his average draft position is 1.0. Nobody's sure. not taking Saquon 1. Well, but what is, a, what is a good conversation to have is I hate drafting number one overall. It is my least favorite. I hate it because it forces you – if you make a mistake there. You're done. You're done, yeah. right? And the conversation that we had earlier in this very podcast is the guy who, we, who Jamie has at number two, who I have at number two. If I was actually drafting first overall, I would feel more comfortable drafting Ezekiel Elliott because of the body of work that I've seen, and I believe in that football team. More. Saquon has a little bit of a Christian McCaffrey feel to him. Like, there's going to have to be the catches. The good news is there's going to be plenty because they're yes. going to draw up five or six, and then they're going to be down, and he's in there on third down. He's in there in two minutes. He's going to get a bunch of dump-offs like he did this year. That's going to be there. No, so I feel really Saquon solid is, with that, too. Saquon is a – like, he is – I will have him ranked number one. And it's another guy that's going to play every down for, sure. for the most but part. But my devils, just like Jamie, I agree if I you. was actually drafting number one overall, I would more than likely talk myself into taking Ezekiel Elliott because I would feel safer taking him than I would take Here's Saquon. how I put this. If I'm in an auction league, I am valuing Ezekiel Elliott as highly as I'm evaluating Saquon Barkley in Very terms good. of dollars I'm spending Very on Very good him. way to put it. The, the hole that I want to poke in Saquon Barkley, again, it's nothing to do with him. This has literally nothing to do with him or his talent. It's that in, I believe, the last decade, 
only six running backs have ever finished in the top five with an offense outside of the top 20. So my concern is, is yes, I think I think the Giants can be in that 18, 19, 20, 21 range. But if it gets worse, if it gets if that offense just becomes abysmal, it's going to be tough for Saquon Barkley to give you top five overall player numbers. Yes. Four, four point PPR, I don't think there's any doubt. Yeah. Just because to my point a second ago, they're gonna be losing in the fourth quarter in a lot of games. They're gonna be in two minutes, they're gonna be in shotgun, they're gonna be in hurry up. He's gonna get a bunch of dump offs. They're going to run what they did last year, a bunch of deep digs. Evan Ingram's not running three- and four-yard routes. It's going to have to go to – if there's nothing open, yeah. you know, Eli ain't getting hit. Yeah. He's dumping it quick, and he can take any of those to the house. So, I mean, I think that plays into his favor to do that, but that's a great stat. I mean, that's one of those It's like – I look at it, I don't listen to a lot of the analytics, but that one goes, ooh. Yeah, it, it's just one of those things where – I mean, it makes sense overall. We're talking about elite production, which is what you need out of your number one overall pick. It's tough to do that on a bad offense. And I think the Giants' offense is going to be better than people think it's going to be. Offensive line not should be, be a little bit better, but they can't have any injuries. Yeah. I, so, to me, I and think – if Eli gets hurt. Yeah, who, I don't trust Daniel Jones at all. Who knows what you're going to see if they even play Daniel Jones. To me, Barkley and Elliott, they're 1A, 1B for me. And I think you can interchange them. And I think if you're in an auction format or you're in a format where you have to bid for what draft position you get, to me, I, I look at those slots fairly equally. Yeah. I'll tell you what, we learned in Vegas last year, give me four yeah. or five or six, yeah. and preferably number five. And I'm although, the, although this year I think top five is important. Yeah, I really do. I, I think getting one of those elite running backs is really important. I love being three or four. It's all, yeah. it's all I love being three or four. It's a good position in the draft. Who else do we like here? You obviously have Sterling Shepard and Evan Ingram. Where do you guys like these guys for this year? Um, obviously the additions to of Rod Smith and, and Golden Tate. So I, I look at this, and my rankings on these guys are going to change in the offseason because I want to see who's playing in the slot between Golden Tate and Sterling Shepard because they both should be playing in the slot, but obviously only one of them can. I had to guess Golden's always played in the slot, and, and Sterling has played outside. And Sterling's and when player OBJ can, gets hurt, Sterling yeah. goes outside. So that's what I, think, I would guess I think he's well. going to be their wide receiver one, and Golden will play in the slot. If that's the case, I probably value Golden more than I do Shepard. As do I. I mean, yeah. that, that's kind of what I'm assuming right now. I know there's some narratives out there that they're going to both guys are going to play in the slot. That's not going to happen because Evan Ingram's on the roster. So, yes. and they don't have a fourth receiver to put out. In the last so couple of years, I think Shepard's been overvalued anyway. Yes. yes, he's had some decent games, and he did down the stretch last year with OBJ out. I mean, Evan Ingram's in your top five, of course, yeah. of, of tight ends. There's not enough of them, and he's really more of a receiver. I'm a little higher on both of these Giants receivers. But he gets hurt all the time. Yes. And yeah. that, and I like Golden Tate in this position. Yeah, like, I, 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 I might take a swing in the fences in that 8, 9, 10 round range just to have him there. I yes. think he's going to have some Always targets. reliable. Really good after the catch, yes. too. So he's he's my wide receiver 34. I'm right between Robbie Anderson and Larry Fitzgerald there. He's about right. Uh, I would take him in the seventh round. I have him number 77 overall on my board. Right now his ADP is 101. Okay. So we're in round nine. I just think – I look at his last few years, 30th, 20th, 16th, and 31st in points per game among wide receivers. I mean, he has proven that he can be in that wide receiver three range for you, and I don't see a reason why he's not going to. That that There is some value. The Giants' offense is not going to be the worst offense of all time. No. I think people always always overvalue how bad certain offenses are going to be. And we'll talk about that on another show. They're not very deep. They're, they're going to be injury dependent. If they stay sure. fairly healthy on offense, they they'll have a chance okay. to be top 20. They're going to yeah. put up some points and they'll be okay. That yeah. offensive line is the key, really. Yeah, and I have Sterling Shepard close as well. I have a wide receiver 37. Uh, same thing, round seven. So you have him like he probably should be. I mean, I've seen him in like 
wide receiver two category the, no, last, the last couple he, years with OBJ. Like he's that a was, wide receiver three at that. I mean, again, last three years, 43rd, 22nd, 41st in fantasy points per game. I don't like that he's going to be playing outside. I think he's more valuable in the slot for him. But to me, I think both those guys are being a little bit undervalued in ADP right now relative to their position because people are just sleeping on the entire Giants offense, which, again, won't be good, but it's never as bad as people think it's going to be when it comes to production. Somebody's going to put up yards on that team. How about defense and special teams? Anything here we like? I wouldn't touch the defense. No, defense is not in my top 20. Um, I do want to mention Evan Ingram. He's my tight end four. Yeah. Uh, I have him right behind the big three up there uh, and right above Hunter Henry. This guy produces, and he produces when LBJ is not on there on the field even more so than before. I think he is going to be the number, I guess, two behind Saquon Barkley option in the Giants offense. My only thing points. with him is I've not taken the last two years. I love him. When he plays, he's, he's injury independent. He's, oh, yeah. he's undersized, and if he's playing on the line of scrimmage and blocking at all, he, he gets banged up. Yeah, injuries are a concern, but I mean, if he's you draft him that early, take somebody like Dallas Goddard or something like late, right? Yeah. So you have two. I, I, if I had Evan Ingram, my only concern for our listeners would be take somebody else. Yeah, you yeah, gotta, he's you going don't to have to waiver wire, right? Like yeah. have somebody that you have later on that's pretty solid. Jason Witten. Just, yeah. just to plug in, if he does get hurt, you know you're going to get a couple catches. Yeah, he's going around six right full, now. Full point PPR, yeah. Yeah, that always kind of – there's quite a few tight ends that are injury dependent. They, they, You look at them, you like them, and you go, okay, but I know that they're going to have an injury. Like, you got to go in there yep. assu- assuming that because you prepare for the worst and, and hope for the best, and uh, that's that's kind of the situation. Yeah, here. the only thing I mentioned is that, again, to me, I'm, I'm there's only one kicker I would draft before the last round, and that's Greg Zerline. But yeah. if you're looking for pieces later, Audrey Grostas has been pretty good. Uh, you finished his number 10 kicker last year. He's my number 10 kicker going into this year. So Kickers are people too, Solid. right, Jake? Yeah, I'll take Bailey and Dallas over that. <laughs> Kickers are people too. All right, let's get into the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, obviously – the big storyline here is that Nick Foles left the team. Carson Wentz will be the quarterback going forward. There was a lot of funky discussion. Everybody on this podcast from the very beginning said that we never wavered off of the fact that this team was going to have Carson Wentz and that they were not going to be able to afford. If that was ever an actual discussion in, well, this, in this organization, everywhere. they all should be. Not in the organization. I'm not even going to go there. Yeah. Like, no, I'm talking But there was actual talks about which one we want. Yeah. You're out of your freaking mind. Uh, so this is an interesting. This is that's not even a story. Yeah, this is the most overvalued thing ever because there's 50 million people on the East Coast where all the news is biased for. Yes, this shouldn't even be a story. Yes, he played great in the Super Bowl. Yes, he played great in the stretch. He played good in the playoffs. Look at the last three games last year. He was a starter coming out of training camp. He sucked. He was terrible. Carson Wentz is a legit top five freak athlete quarterback. Yes, has it all. We all agree. But he's been being banged up. He's got to stay healthy. He's got to prove it. Right. One hundred percent. Got paid in the off season, and our number to know here is forty six. 0.5%. 0.5%. The Eagles were the only team in the NFL to throw less than half of their targets to wide receivers in 2018. Interesting stat to me that stuck out. I look yeah. at that and I go, okay, what is that going to mean now? Because obviously Carson Wentz well, is that's, the quarterback the whole That's year. going up because they spent a, a good portion of the season without Alshon Jeffrey. Correct. And I think at that point when you're dealing with like Nelson Aguilar and, and, and those Also guys. another player though, Alshon, is somebody who used to watch him. Always injured. Yes. Like, assuming that that's probably going to happen at some point. Look, there's a lot of injury risk on this team, which yes. is why I think the, the, the range of outcomes for the Eagles can be anywhere between 6 and 12 wins based, yeah. on, based on how their injury situation is going to go. Um, Carson Wentz, I'll start with him. He's my QB 11. Uh, okay. I have him between Jared Goff and ahead of a guy that we're going to talk about a lot because me and the rest of the fantasy industry uh, disagree on. I have Baker Mayfield at 12. I have Baker Mayfield behind him. 
Uh, I've seen Baker Mayfield going in the top five, and I I can't pull myself to do that. But that's a conversation for when we do our AFC North show. Uh, He's QB 11 for me. Um, I don't think he. I don't think it's reasonable to expect him to put up the same numbers he did a couple years ago when he was the number two quarterback in points per game before he got hurt. Uh, but I do think he has. If I go into the season with Carson Wentz as my starting quarterback in a te- in a twelve team league, I'm perfectly content with that. Yeah, and knowing that he has the upside to be a top a top guy. He just the thing with his injury is a major concern, and that I I want to see Carson Wentz be Carson Wentz. Because last year when we saw him, it, it wasn't great. Um, no, and even then he was still number 15. Yeah, in exactly. So, so it's good to keep in mind. There's another interesting stat uh, that, that I've read up as well, and it's, it's been touted about that outside of like the top – I've said like the very tippy-top quarterbacks like the Aaron Rodgerses of the world, most quarterbacks don't give you top 10 quarterback value even 50% of the time. So if you're not getting an elite quarterback, which again I'm waiting on quarterback for the 800,000th year in a row. Always. Uh, you, you grab a couple of these guys on the upside. So you take Carson Wentz and you take somebody else. Uh, there may be three quarterbacks I would take uh, in this. Mahomes, Rodgers, and Luck were the only ones I would take without taking a backup in the standard league. Jake, what are your thoughts on I, I love Carson Wentz. I mean, to me, the biggest addition here is Miles Sanders. Poor man, Saquon Barkley. But if you watch the tape, when he and Saquon were together at my Penn State team, not when he took over last year because he struggled with injuries, but he still was really good, he's explosive as hell. He's not Saquon. But he's pretty damn good. I think he's going to be a great value pick. I think he's going to help this team a ton. So they have some stability at that running back position. Uh, and they're going to go back to a bunch of this misdirection stuff and these RPOs that Carson Wentz runs so well. If Jeffrey gets hurt, that number you talked about still could be very close to a 50-50. Dallas Goddard and Ertz are going to be on the field together a ton. Deshaun Jackson's back. There's probably a play for him. He's going to have his couple shots a game. Uh, but this offense is still going to be – misdirection, throw it to the tight ends. They're still, to me, they're still lacking a weapon on that offensive receiver. Yeah. They, they've been one of the more confusing in the running back room. I want to talk about that running back yeah. room because they've been one of the more That's, frustrating. They've it's Doug Peterson. To, yeah. I mean, they, they, they've been trying to figure out what is going on in that running back room for a while. And they add Jordan Howard. They obviously, you're talking about Miles Sanders. They have. I think Jordan Howard's going to get left out here. I, yeah. think, I think by the end of camp, Miles Sanders explosiveness and being a three down guy and they had to have a three down guy on the field yeah. is because he's big enough to do it. Yeah. It's going to over and Jordan Howard's going to be three, four, five carries a game to spell him unless he gets banged up. So right now my, my concern with dealing with the running back situation in Philadelphia is, as I mentioned already, Doug Peterson, he's just, yes. he's been unwilling to commit to a bell cow running back. And right. I don't think that's going to start right now. However, I do think that as I'm looking at these drafts right now, that Sanders and Howard need to be flipped. Sanders needs to be the running back that's going first. He's my running back 33. Uh, I have him right between Tevin Coleman and Rashad Penny. Uh, In the seventh round is when I would take him. He's going in the ninth round right now. I just think his upside is a lot higher. If you're looking at a guy like Jordan Howard, who's going in the seventh round, who I should have going in the ninth as my running back 41. I'm not drafting Jordan Howard this year. Here's, Here's how I look at this. They invested a second round pick in Miles Sanders. They invested a sixth round pick in Jordan Howard. Yes. I just To me, I think Howard might have some value early in the season, but I think he's going to trail off late. I don't know how the situation is going to go. I'm not drafting either one of these guys as, as my RB2. I think I take a sh- and if I take a shot at somebody, I'm taking a shot at Sanders, not Jordan Howard. Correct. I think Jordan Howard's upside. He's not going to be involved in the passing game at all. No, never. He can't, he can't catch the ball. So to me, Sanders is the one with the upside. One player that's a super, super deep sleeper that I would look at, and again, he needs to make the team out of camp and he needs to be used well. But one player that was on the field a lot for the Eagles last year, he got a lot of playing time in the backfield, was Darren Sproles. He's not there right now. 
Boston Scott is. And if Boston Scott can bleed that Darren Sproles role in a PPR format, he is all of a sudden an interesting bench slash flex play for you. So just somebody to keep an eye on. Here's the problem with changing running backs all the time. You start putting stuff on tape that other teams can figure out what you're going to do formationally depending on who's in the game. Why I think Miles Sanders ends up being the guy. He's the only person on that team that's three down back that you can put in and run with whatever, whether you're in the shotgun, you're not. And it doesn't tip off what you're doing to the other team. Yeah, I think that's going to happen. I think it's going to happen by the time they come out of camp and they're going to run with it. Running back is a rookie, something you can plug and play. Absolutely, yes. That's been proven. You can do it. I think he's talented enough. I think he's maybe a sleeper in every fantasy draft. Guy, I'm keeping my eyes on. Um, but I think they have to have somebody like that or they get too predictable on who's in the game going back to if Jordan Howard's in, you know, they're not throwing it. Yeah. Or he's pass blocking, but they're not – there's no play action. There's no chance to run, you know. Uh, I, I think, to me, for them to be successful, that has to that has to be a huge part of what they're going to do. How about the wide receiver room? What do you like here? Uh, he's got to stay healthy, but I do like Alshon Jeffrey. He sneaks in as my wide, as the wide receiver, too, at wide receiver number 24 for me. I'm just behind him. He and Wentz have chemistry. They do. Like and he, he's like a good that. player when he's on the field. Like, again – 26 last year in points per game, 25th the year before, and he's shown top 10 upside. I take him in the fifth round. I, I, yes, there's a lot of injury risk here, but there's a lot of upside. He has, again, he has a top 10 fantasy season on his resume not that long ago, and he's still fairly young. So if he stays healthy, that's a player that I, if I am as my, maybe my wide receiver three potentially or a flex play, yeah, I'd be I, thrilled I'd, to have him in that yeah, spot. I'd love him in that spot. I mean, I, mm-hmm. you might take a stretch depending on if you're, if you're drafting 12th, you kind of get screwed. In yeah. He's a little RB heavy early and you're trying to figure yeah, it out. Then, yeah. Then I'd, I'd feel solid if he's your wide receiver too. He's going to get enough targets, right? Uh, we, week in and week out, he's going to yeah. get seven, eight, nine targets. I'm also higher on Deshaun Jackson than most. I, I would take him in the eighth round. I have him as my wide receiver 38. Look, he's going to be boomer bust for you. There are going to be 100%. weeks where he gets you one catch and you're going to be sitting there pissed off, but there are going to be weeks where he wins you fantasy matchups. The last three years, he's been a wide receiver three or better. I mean, 28th last year in points per game, 23rd the year prior, 36th the year before that. Uh, I, they're going to take their shots. They don't have a deep threat there. He's going to be playing on the outside. I think I If he's a well-rounded side. receiver and will actually do what he did early and run those deep digs, comebacks, yeah. and not just go, 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 run posts and go routes, then yeah, I like that a lot. Because yeah. now you're talking about four, five, six targets a game, not two deep balls, and it's it's totally yeah. hit or miss, right? Because they're not going to be traditionally play action from under center no. in the shotgun a ton, which means he's going to have to be a more well-rounded guy, which he's capable of doing. If that's the case, then yeah, I like him there. He could yeah. be a sneaky play for somebody. And again, watch Nelson Aguilar. He's not on my top 200 right now, but somebody to kind of keep an eye on. He's probably going to move back to the position he's most comfortable with in the slot. I just got to see. I mean, he's. I just got to see whether or not he's on the field as much with Zach Ertz also getting a ton of targets. All right, let's talk about that tight end position because I know you talked about I'm interested to hear where your rankings fall because you, you talked about Evan Ingram being number four. What do you have, Zach Ertz? I still have him number two. I, I know it's been trendy to have George Kittle over him. I'm not ready to do that yet. I just the, the volume of targets that, that Zach Ertz gets is just massive. The last three years he's finished as a top three, for third, third, second. Uh, to me, I would take him. The problem is, it's going to be when you're going to take him. Right now, his average draft position is 23.7. So the last pick of the second round is yeah, where he's too going. Early, too early for me. The earliest I could consider him is the last pick of the third round. So again, I'm not going to own Zach. Probably not going to earn any of the top three tight ends. I think they're all going probably a full round ahead of where they should. Uh, but I understand the idea, like if you're in an auction draft, in investing in one of the top three tight ends, because after that, there's some upside guys and there's just a lot of just men. Yeah. So, but to me, he he is my number he's my number two tight end, and I think he is a, a significant step down from Travis Kelsey. Though. I agree. 
I think Dallas Goddard is a guy you can look at late because if, if would you draft him? Because I think he's a top five tight end if Ertz gets hurt. That that you was take my, him as that, like a handcuff. That, 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 yeah, that was kind of my point. Was yeah. not necessarily maybe a handcuff thing, but another if you take Ingram, like I was saying earlier, I think you got to have a guy late, and you got you got a really good roster, and you get to rounds 15, 16. I would just to let him sit there because if Ertz does get hurt, I think he fills in as really good. Yeah, he's I mean, a really he's really top good five, player. Maybe top three if they have a re- the if they ball. have a receiver get hurt. Yeah, they might go a lot of two tight end stuff. He was really good in the red zone last year. Ertz, he's a good player. He just, I mean, he's behind make, an you, awesome player. You can yeah. make an argument for about two seconds that Ertz could be number one until you realize that we all know Tyreek Hill is getting suspended and, t- and Travis Kelsey's targets are going to be astronomical. Yeah, yeah. so he's got to be number one. But yeah, I think it all depends on where you take him. But yeah, I think I think Goddard could be a sleepy play yeah. late in a draft that you're going to sit there and go, ooh. If first even gets banged up, he's going to be on the field. He's on yeah. the field a lot together with him last year. So, yeah. Anybody else you guys want to get to here? Um, just uh, the Eagles defense briefly. Yeah. I have them in my top ten at my number nine uh, okay. defense. They have the 26th strength of schedule. So they're one of the weakest strengths of schedule that they have to face. Um, they were brutal last year. They were terrible fantasy defense. But they were top ten the last three, three years prior to that and top three the previous two years. So Lots of turnovers. Yeah, they get they get sacks, they get turnovers, they get a lot of sack fumbles, I mean, and they they have four games here against Washington and New York. Yeah, yeah, so. I was gonna say they get to play Case Keenum twice, and they get to play Eli Manning. I like twice. defenses with pass rushers. Yeah, you know they're gonna get they're gonna get to the quarterback, they're gonna get sack fumbles. Yeah, so you're getting you're getting you have a, you have a chance for a high upside defense. Like I said, that's the case. That that's again you're grabbing and there's I I'm not spending money for any defense because I want to play the matchups, but the Eagles do crack the top ten. Yeah. All right, let's get into the Washington Redskins. Oh, boy. Um, not – listen. All right, that was fun. <laughs> there isn't a lot to like here. Um, they – listen, they just don't have a <laughs> they're, lot. They're a team. They right? exist in the NFL. I'm not trying to be mean to Washington Redskins fans or be disrespectful. I'm just being honest. This team does not have a whole lot. I'm going to start by saying this. you got to have respect for Jay Gruden and the job that he's done the last couple of years. They keep talking about they're going to fire him. What has he had to work with? Yeah. They've made the playoffs. They've been right there and been yeah. sneaky good, but then it doesn't make any sense on paper. He's done a hell of a job, in my opinion. Yeah. And he's done it by running the ball. So as we get into this, that's where I think our entire conversation really needs to go. Yes. Send by who's playing quarterback. Yeah. They're not going to be relevant. Keenum's, you're not drafting. He's my number QB 31. Like, he's just not relevant to you at all, unless, again, you're in a And he's going to be the starter week one. Yep. Uh, maybe. I mean, maybe not week I six. Colt McCoy might be the starter week one, and then Haskins can take over at some point in the season. You don't care about the Redskins quarterback situation. Okay. So the running back situation is an absolute mess here. Yeah, that's what I really want so, to So <laughs> there are three guys we have to pay attention to Darius Geis, Chris Thompson, and Adrian Peterson. Yes. If Darius Geis is healthy, and that is a gigantic if, or at least healthy enough, I have him right now as my RB30. I'm, I'm hedging my bets here. Because if you told me he's 100% healthy and he's a starter week one, he's an RB2. But I'm going to hedge my bets here. He's he's RB30 for me. I would take a chance on him in the sixth round. He's the guy that's going to be their bell cow of the future. Just The question is, when does that start for them, and when is his knee healthy enough to make that start right. for them? Chris Thompson, for me, in a PPR, half PPR format, you've got to pay attention to He's my RB44. He was the number 10 running back two years ago in PPR leagues. Number 10. Let's not forget that he has that upside. And oh, by the way, Adrian Peterson had the quietest, awesome season last year that people just do not talk about. And he might be their starter week one. He's my RB55. This whole situation's a mess. I think Chris Thompson's role is carved out. If if he stays healthy, he's going to play that pass-catching role. It's his own role. 
He does. He's not competing with the other two guys. Geis and Peter. Geis has more upside than Peterson, which is why he's going in round six versus round twelve, which is where Peterson's going. I think they're both draftable. Geis is probably the guy I want, but there's a lot of risk. I got there. two words for you: Dalvin Cook. Yeah, was not the same dude last yeah, year. I, He'll be back yeah, this we year. Three or four extra months on Cook injury, but still, still, but still, it takes an it takes a season of playing on an ACL before he's the same guy. That being said. I'm taking Adrian Peterson late if he's still sitting there. Yeah, yeah he's gonna. I agree. There's gonna be games you're gonna want it. Thompson definitely has value, like you're talking about PPR only. Guys, I'm staying away from. I think they're gonna try to make him the guy because of where they drafted him. I'm not sure he's gonna be that solid for them. I think if if Adrian Peterson gets his his touches, I think he takes the job away from him. And that now you're talking about three guys in the backfield. I'm not touching any of this. I might take all day Adrian Peterson in like the 12th round. Yeah, and that's where I have him going. Yeah. Like yeah. You take a flyer on him. and Again, it's one of those ones where you're going to drop a couple guys off your bench in the first two weeks for guys on the waiver wire anyway. It happens yeah. every single season. Yeah. So why not take a chance? There is literally no receiver worth He's the only thing yeah. you know what you're getting. Yes. Chris yeah, Thompson, you know what you're game. getting in some catches because Adrian Peterson can't catch. And, and I think the best part about Adrian Peterson is you know what you're going to get early on. If yeah. he's not playing early on, you drop him and you move on. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Like, you're not going to be able to drop Darius Geis unless he gets hurt again for six, seven, eight. No, because you you're going to have to take him in the six or seven rounds. Yeah. To me, it's insane. So, Peterson, you're going to know in the first two or three weeks, okay, this guy's worth being on my team or he's not. Then you can move on and feel guilt for him. So, the other part of my argument is who's the only guy to ever come back and play decent the next year? Adrian Peterson. Adrian. Nobody's ever done it. No. He's a freak of And you can be okay. Yeah. But you're going to have hamstring issues. You're going to have – there's stuff that pops up the year after that ACL. You're just yeah. not the same. No, the guy – I love Darius guys coming yeah. out. I thought it was yeah, one yeah. of the steals yeah. of the draft. He's not ready yet, no, yeah, in my I, opinion. When John about money on, on the line of fantasy, there's so many better options yeah, to not take that risk. High upside flex play. Bryce Law is not worth talking about right now. I don't no. even know if he's going to play at all this year. No. Uh, that's, that's a Bryce Law versus Darius guys would be fun to talk about a year from today. Yeah, I was going to say, Darius guys is a guy that hopefully because, of the, because they have Adrian Peterson – they all they do give them him the ability to wait and don't force him into a role. And then next year we're having a yep. conversation so about how great they're not playing for anything this year. Right. There's no reason to rush. And my Miles Sanders argument goes to Darius guys. The reason they want him to be the guy, there's no tendencies that you're giving away. He's a three down back. Yes. He's a three down superstar back. Yes, he's not ready to be that. He's they can't take that workload in my opinion yet. Hopefully I'm wrong for his sake. Yeah. The guy's a freak. I love him. Yeah, but that's what coaches want. They want that. That guy, if he's yeah. healthy enough to do that, and to Jamie's point, it might be the first three weeks of the season they risk it and try before they figure out, uh, no, we need to put Chris in on third down and give yep. it to AD, you know, first and second down. Whoever it is, there's going to be a running back heavy team, but there's just too much going on. It's yeah. convoluted for me. As Jamie alluded to and said quickly, this wide receiver room is – Paul Richardson's their number one wide receiver yeah, right they, they, I think they, Kelvin Harmon will be the most – will score the most fantasy points, the guy they took in the, what, the sixth round. Yes. Uh, but you, you're not going to roster any Redskins wide receiver. No, receivers. just stay away. Just, there's, there's and you well know Jordan Reed's tar- target heavy yeah. hit or miss whether he plays. Tight end 17 for me. He's high upside guy. He's a good you know if you play in best ball leagues, which is now becoming a little bit more popular uh, for those of you that are not familiar. You basically you draft your whole roster with a little bit deeper bench at the beginning of the season. You don't make any changes to it, and it puts in your best possible lineup. So everybody's yes. points count. But they put in your best possible lineup. That's a guy I would like in that scenario. He's yeah, a fun. I never heard of that. Yeah, he's, he, fun. He, we should do a we should do a, a we should do a basketball league for real. But we'll work into that because those are it's a really interesting strategy there because you want high upside guys on your bench because you don't need them to pop every week. You just need them to pop every once in a while. But uh, to me, like I said, outside of the top like seven tight ends, they're all the same. I agree. So sure. Any other any other parting? And if Case Keenum's the quarterback there, he's never played with Jordan Howard. So or Jordan Reed. Yeah. There's so no chemistry there might there, that yeah. chemistry issue 
That could that could pop up. That could be just that that could have just been a Kirk Cousins thing. Like that's just something we don't talk about. Yeah, yeah. really, yeah, really good. Could have been a Kirk Cousins thing. Um, their Redskins defense, uh, they're fourteenth for me. Um, I think they're going to have a lot of good matchups. They have the easiest schedule in the NFL. Yeah. So that's something that you're going to see. Then they finished number six last year among fantasy defenses. So interesting. That's in the, they're going I think they, completely I think undrafted right now. Step back. DJ Swearinger leaving. They lost some oh, yeah. swag in that secondary. I don't think the secondary is going to be as good. But there'll be certain matchups where, again, they're going to have a cakewalk schedule that yeah. they're probably worth starting on a week to week. You're not drafting. And the same thing with, with Dallas. If they're running it really well and they're, they're winning time possession, the defense is out yeah. there a ton. They're not giving up a ton of points. And, that's that's just how it's going to be. That's just how it's going to be. All right, guys. Uh, we finished up our NFCs. We're going to get into the rest of the divisions. Be sure you listen to each and every divisional preview that we're going to be doing because we're going to go throughout the entire NFL. This is what we're going to be doing all throughout July. Uh, guys, why don't you tell everybody how they can follow you on social media? Uh, you can follow me at Jamie Eisner on Twitter. Jake B. Arians on Twitter. And you guys can follow me at the underscore sports page on Twitter and Instagram. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.